0: Big show today. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has safe travels out there. We're going to preview those Thursday Turkey Day football games, Bears-Lions, Raiders-Cowboys, and Bills-Saints. A couple of your listener questions and a special guest today to talk New England Patriots. Some of that old magic is back in New England. Mike DeBate, the host of Locked On Patriots, joins us to talk about the run they are making potentially toward the one seed and an AFC East championship all that coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson.
1: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, your daily podcast on the National
2: Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hey everybody, Brian Peacock here, along with Matt Williamson, and a special guest joining us today, the host of Locked On Patriots, Mike DeBate, a friend of the program, always love chatting ball with Mike, and the Patriots became an extremely fascinating team in the 2021 season now at 7-4, and four, and they're going up against the Titans this week, and uh, this might be a playoff preview, I mean, we're talking one seed now, Mike, as it pertains to the AFC with the Patriots, rookie
1: quarterback, what's going on here? amazing when you take a look at what the New England Patriots have been able to do Brian uh starting off 2 and 4 this is a team that many people believed was going to be an also ran in the AFC maybe middle of the pack might be in on a playoff spot poking their head around but nobody really thought they'd be contending for a top spot in the AFC or the top spot in the division but yet here we are and the Patriots are doing it with a familiar formula they're using a power run game to facilitate their offense opening up play action, allowing Mac Jones to do what he does. Quick, accurate throws, that timing-based Patriots offense that is predicated on doing just that, and Mac has been great in doing that. On the defensive side of the ball, solid in all three levels. It starts in the defensive front. That interior has been shored up. You're getting much better contribution this year than you did last year from the interior. That's allowed the Patriots to be able to stop the run. They're setting the edge much better, and as a result, linebackers like... Matt Judon, Kyle Van Noy, can pin their ears back, get after the quarterback, rush the passer. And in the secondary, which was considered the weak spot of this team when they traded away Stephon Gilmore a few weeks ago, really been shored up by solid play from J.C. Jackson and that three safety base set that they love to employ. So New England right now pressing all the right buttons, but they've got some tough matchups coming up on the schedule. You mentioned the Tennessee Titans. It starts this week in Foxborough on Sunday. Now we're going to see what this team is really made of.
2: Mike, you mentioned you know the precision and inf- efficiency of the offense, and Matt Jones is running that extremely well. But the thing that stands out most to me about this team, which is a little different than the rest of the league in 2021, is just the size and physicality of the football team. I mean, the front seven, not just the defensive line, but they're 250-pound downhill linebackers for 1985 and a huge <laughs> offensive line and heavy personnel groupings. I mean, I've been saying for a couple of weeks, I think they're the most physical team in the league.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point, Matt. And look, by the way, the New England Patriots have done this in the past. They've taken physical up oh, it comes front from smash mouth. I mean, Absolutely. Just, yeah. It really does. I mean, and this is part of the parcels tree that, you know, I was given to Belichick, and Bill has done a great job in terms of being able to utilize that. He necessarily hasn't had the horses to do it in the last couple of years. He's got them this year. Dante Hightower coming back in the middle of that defense has really made a lot of difference. And I don't think people talk about that enough in terms of the contributions Dante is able to make. We've heard up here in New England, oh, maybe he's lost a step a little bit. That year off kind of hurt him. I think it slowed his progression into getting back into form. But now that you have that stabilizing presence in the middle of the field that's dictating and telling players where to go, calling the other defense and making sure that everybody is playing their assignments as assigned. That's such a big part of what the Patriots do. And again, the big guys that they have up front, like a Devon Godchild Lawrence Guy has played a little bit bigger than his frame. You've got Carl Davis that's come in and done a great job of spelling, um, Devon Godschau at times when you need rotation at the nose tackle. Dietrich Wise has done a very good job setting the edge. He's a big physical pass rusher that has really come into his own this year. And you can't say enough about the linebacking core and guys that, you know, have done a great job like a Matt Judon or a Kyle Van Noy. Uh, Juwan uh, Bentley has done a very good job in the middle part of that defense. And Christian Barmore continues to be one of the steals of the 2021 NFL draft. First round talent. Patriots got him in the second round, but his ability to push the pocket and really dictate the way the Patriots play defense both in run and in pass defense has been phenomenal.
0: So, Mike, looking at the Patriots' season so far, 2-4 and four start, winning five straight, won five of six games. They're playing at a much different level right now, blowing teams out three scores plus the last three weeks. I mean, is this all the defense that's coming together? Is this just the development of a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, who looks so comfortable in the offense all of a sudden? What is the the, the secret to where, how the Patriots are playing right now versus, I mean, all the way going back to last year in the first Part of this year, we thought, man, this is maybe going to be a long-term rebuild for the Patriots, and all of a sudden, oh, they're just huge
1: juggernaut in the AFC. I think it's a little bit of both, Brian, to be honest with you. I think right now the New England Patriots are starting to come into their own, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Defensively, this team has been solid pretty much all year. They've definitely improved each week in stopping the run. That's one thing that they struggled with early on. That's been much better, and that is due to solid play up front and the edge rushers being able to set the edge. So the Patriots are getting better in that regard, and I think they're coming into their own a little bit. They've also been better in the secondary The outside position opposite J.C. Jackson, who's been great this year for them, has been a little bit of a weakness, whether it be Jalen Mills or Jawan Williams. Those guys have struggled in coverage. They're starting to play better. So defensively, I think it's just a matter of them progressing. Offensively, the Patriots have definitely improved. The biggest difference in the Patriots offense from now to the beginning of the season has been increased ability for them to be able to provide protection. And that starts with the offensive line. The O-line really struggled in the absence of Trent Brown earlier this year. Patriots tried a rotation on the le- on the, uh, the right side with both Yasser Durant and Justin Heron, two reserve linemen for the Pats. They haven't been able to get the job done. Michael Wainu uh, had to move over from left guard to right tackle in Brown's absence. But now that they've got their starting five set, they've been able to not only provide better run protection, but also better pass protection for Mac Jones. Mac is picking up the pre-snap read a little bit quicker. That's one of the things that he did so well at Alabama, and he's doing it well now. But the real real uh, catalyst of what this team is doing well is running the football effectively with Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolin giving some uh, consideration there as well. These guys are running the football. It's opening things up for Mac in the play-action game, and that's where he's at his best. He's been getting great contributions from Kendrick Bourne, Dr. Henry. Even Jacoby Myers is getting in on the act now and starting to get touchdowns. Uh, The Patriots are starting to feel it a little bit in terms of their rhythm and their comfort, and that's been uh, very big for them in terms of climbing back into the playoff race.
2: Born and Myers and Henry and I'm even still fond of John U. Smith are fine <laughs> but if I have one big concern they're lacking well I was about to say they're lacking their Randy Moss everybody would love a Randy Moss but I mean a, a number 1 receiver I think is the biggest hole right now. Do you agree? And
0: to add to that question, Mike, really quick, if mm-hmm. and you don't have that monster on the outside and they've got a lot of complimentary pieces and Mac Jones, you know, running the offense efficiently, but when they need a huge play, whether it be, mm-hmm. they need a play from a wide receiver or they, or they need the team to uh, for the quarterback to put the team on his back. Do you th- see that as being something that could potentially hold this team back as they try to roll through the playoffs?
1: It's definitely a possibility, and I think Patriots fans that may be feeling their oats a little bit right now need to be weary and need to be at least keeping a sharp eye on that down the stretch because, as we know, it's that big playability that does allow you to separate yourself from your competition. And the Patriots have the ability to do it. I think a lot of times their offensive uh, weapons, so to speak, or their wide receiver core doesn't necessarily get the credit it deserves, but you guys are absolutely right. They don't have that dedicated big play threat down the field that can change the complexity of a game when they really need to dial it up the counteraction to that would be that the Patriots love to spread the ball around we saw Tom Brady do it up here for a number of years in New England Mac is doing it very well against the Atlanta Falcons the other night he had seven different receivers that had double digit receiving now some of that was just barely over 10 but it shows you that he is spreading the ball around to a lot of different targets whether it be the tight ends pass catching backs out of the backfield or his wide receivers, he is spreading the ball. So one thing that the Patriots will try to do in order to neutralize what a team may do to try to take away the big play threat is to spread the ball around and keep you guessing. That's what Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels do very well. So that could end up benefiting them in the long run. But in terms of a down. A downfield threat yeah I mean Nelson Aguilar definitely has the speed to be that vertical threat that the Patriots need him to be There've always been questions about the reliability of his hands I think Nelson has done a better job in that regard this year but it's still a concern and the Patriots may have to face that sooner rather than later with a few aggressive teams coming up on their uh, uh, schedule they may try to force the Patriots into obvious passing situations if they do we'll see how they can respond Do
0: you have a prediction, Mike, for this weekend? Sunday, Titans, Patriots. This is a big one. Eight and three at seven and four at Foxborough. How do you see this one going Sunday?
1: I can see this being a defensive slugfest between two teams that are coming out ready to go. Mike Vrabel, obviously, is a defensive-minded coach. He's tough. They're aggressive. They're going to try to get after Mac Jones, show him different looks, try to collapse the pocket on him force him in obvious passing situations, and make him uncomfortable. That's what Tennessee does well, and they will try to do that uh, in terms of being able to confuse him with the blitz. We've seen Mac have difficulty picking up the blitz, so Patriots offensive line is going to have to be very solid in order to pick that up. On the offensive side of the ball for uh, Tennessee and the defensive side of the ball for the Patriots, you're going to see something very similar. Bill Belichick showing Ryan Tannehill a lot of different looks. Try to force them into making uncomfortable plays, whether that be utilizing the running game minus Derrick Henry or whether that be putting the ball into Ryan Tannehill's hands, forcing him to try to beat you. Again, I think this is going to be a defensive slugfest. I don't see a high-scoring affair at Gillette uh, post-Thanksgiving Right now, I'm going with the Patriots by a field goal in this one, probably going with my heart a little more than my head, but I think the Patriots have enough to be able to take this. I'm predicting a 20-17 to 17 victory for New England on Sunday.
0: Vrabel versus Belichick. It'll be a lot of fun Sunday, and it'll be huge in deciding the seeds for the AFC playoff picture, maybe even an AFC East title for those Patriots maybe even a one seed for the Patriots wow how far they've come uh, in just a, a few short months here uh, maybe just you know barely over one six weeks or so man it, it's crazy yeah. what the Patriots are doing right now but uh, they've got me believing I'm on board you can find all of Mike's coverage of those Patriots on the Locked On Patriots podcast and over at Sports Illustrated, Patriots Maven. appreciate all the time, Mike. Find him on Twitter at mdebatenfl, and we'll talk to you maybe a little
1: later on during those playoffs, Mike. Sounds great. Looking forward to it, Brian, Matt. Thanks for having me on today. Happy Thanksgiving to both you and your families, gentlemen.
0: Thanksgiving football preview and picks, and some of your listener questions coming up. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means, football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and Of course, betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. Some tasty lines for this Thanksgiving Turkey Day Football feast. Bears at Lions in the morning. You've got Raiders at Cowboys, which should be fun, and Bills at Saints. Some barometers for some teams fighting for their playoff lives there in Las Vegas and uh, New Orleans. And maybe even the Buffalo Bills, who might even be on the outside looking in at this point. If they don't uh, figure out what they're doing, a team that should probably be a one seed in the AFC is now at an eight seed. Currently, they've got to handle some business in prime time Thursday night. And it's not just football at Bet Online. Pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and your favorite casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. A bit of scheduling news, Matt, as it pertains to the NFL. There's been some flex situation. Niners, Seahawks flexed out of prime time in favor of the Week 13 matchup. Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos and uh, apparently we forgot to talk about this matchup one of the big matchups of the week last week which was the Chiefs Cowboys this is one where you're pounding the over and 19 to 9 in this one and I remember we, we wanted to talk about it we passed it on the next day and we never got there and as we do sometimes on this show we run out of time not only are the Chiefs now 7 and 4 and in control of their playoff destiny they actually have According to 538, they have the highest percentage chance of being the one seed now in the AFC hmm. at 7-4. And beating those Cowboys 19-9, to a huge defensive effort, is something that Chiefs defense absolutely needed and somewhat of a shocker. Three field goals for the Cowboys offense.
2: Yeah, I mean everyone was talking about that's the fantasy bonanza. Get, out, get as many game guys in there and you can in your DFS lineup. Super high over under. Didn't hold up at all. And I'll get to the Cowboys in a minute, but I mean, I think the Chiefs would be a pretty logical choice if you were to say, pick one team out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl, whether it's a one seed or whatever. I mean, we know what they're capable of. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying, boy, the Chiefs are fixed. You know, they're, they've gone over all their issues from earlier in the season. I think the defense is, and I think the mistakes have really gone down and that in itself is going to make that team extremely competitive. And, Chris Jones now moved back to the middle, which was that was kind of a failed experiment. He's a dominant, dominant player that's starting to be defensive player of the year dominant. And but the offense to me still isn't quite out of the woods or where it's been. They got Dallas at a good time. Brutal place to play. Dak didn't play great. No Cooper. Lamb gets hurt during the game. Elliott didn't really look like himself. I always talk about the effect of Tyron Smith. I mean, I, someone, whenever they put him in the Hall of Fame, is going to ha- cite numbers of this was the Cowboys' production when Tyron was in the game, and this was a production when he was out. And I bet it's drastically different. And that's not to excuse Dallas. We'll get to them here in a minute. They're playing tomorrow. But there's a tough situation for them. Um, can't believe we skipped the game. That's a big one.
0: <laughs> that was a big one I man yeah and still uh, and it's the the Chiefs offense not out of the woods yeah you mentioned it and no touchdowns and interception right. for um for Patrick Mahomes in this one so just an interesting team and an interesting team every team in the AFC right now has some warts and some just oh yeah you, 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 every one of these teams even when you think they're good and you believe in them there's there's just it's i don't really even know what word to use to describe these teams, because I wouldn't say there's holes in them. They're just not. It's
2: inconsistencies. Yeah, it's inconsistencies. In unpredictability.
0: Yeah, uh and they're 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 not doing what they need to do, even when they're the better football team. And it's it's somewhat maddening, I'm sure, for the fans in a lot of cases, but it's just an oddball season in the AFC, and I think the teams that are peaking at the right time, which seem to be the teams we've covered so far today on the podcast, the Patriots and the Chiefs are probably where my money would have to go right now, because um everyone else seems to be faltering while those teams are getting something right.
2: Exactly. I mean it does Seem like the more things change, the more they seem the same, you know, oh, Colts and Pats are destined to meet each other. Like, yeah, we've kind of seen this story before. You know, I mean, it's a Reed and Belichick are going to do really good things. In yeah, exactly. yeah you know, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you in know? the
0: end, it's going to be all the good coaches in the playoffs again. Uh, right. It's a long season. You know, it's only it's 17 games, which it doesn't seem like that many games. But man, it is a marathon. It's a long season. And the, the well-coached teams are going to be there in the end. How about those Dallas Cowboys now? And they're going to be hosting the Las Vegas Raiders on Thursday. Let's start jumping into these games and start there with those Cowboys. A little bit worried about the Cowboys. Big number here, too. They're favored by seven and a half at home against those Las Vegas Raiders. Both teams coming off of losses in Week 11.
2: I'm not worried about the Cowboys. Um, it sounds like, as we record this noonish Eastern Wednesday, that C.D. Lamb is doing everything to get on the field, you know, clearing concussion protocol. It's not official yet. I think that's huge, I, and, and everyone thinks I hate the the Raiders, and it's been kind of funny, but I really don't. <laughs> I just think they're in a terrible, terrible spot right now, and the circumstances around them are starting to really take a toll. I think it's a great time to play Vegas on a super short week with all they're dealing with. I think, that the, I think the Cowboys blow them out.
0: Kushdie on Twitter today actually said, I have no question for you guys for the podcast. Just want you to keep up your good banter. And I love how you've kind of painted yourself as a Raiders hater. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I like that, too. And I look, uh, I've got some nice rival uh, rival, fan, rival friends that are Raiders fans At uh, being a Niners fans growing up I, I, in California. I know a lot of Raiders fans and it's really fun to go back and forth. So I love to uh, to be a Raider hater not in an actual way, but in a fun way. And I love poking fun in my rate. And it, it's somewhat easy. They're a fan base that, that likes to uh, – uh, they're a proud fan base, and they like to, oh, yeah. to talk back and chirp back. And so that's what makes it a lot of fun for me. And to be honest, the best Real thing – Real
2: quick, I, I, just, I can't help myself. I apologize for interrupting. Yeah, but, sure. You know, being born 1973 and living your whole life in Pittsburgh, yeah. I was taught at a very, very early <laughs> age that the team you hate most isn't the – Browns or Bengals there was no Ravens back there it was the Raiders you know I mean the Super Steelers my aunts and uncles and parents they hate the Raiders and that's not why I'm quote a Raider hater right no yeah we throw that out there yeah
0: we try to be uh as you know as straight down the middle and call it as we see it as we can on this show but it is it is fun how that's kind of uh, turned out, and to be honest with you, this might be the most hate-watched game in the NFL because it's a lot of fan bases that feel that way about the Raiders and probably even more fan bases that feel that way about the Cowboys. They call themselves oh, yeah. America's team, you know. Uh, so oh, That
2: was the other one. The Steelers played them in two Super Bowls in the 70s. Right. And everyone thought they were They were not a steel town type of team Everyone hated the Cowboys around here too
0: Yeah, they have huge fan bases too And then every team, they're, they've got their rivals in the division The teams they hate the most And then I bet almost every franchise in the league uh, After you get those top three teams that are in your division That you play all the time Two of the next three are probably the Raiders and Cowboys For almost every <laughs> fan base
2: Yeah, because they've also been super successful. Right, that's why,
0: yeah, it makes it easier to hate them when they're successful and they got a lot of fans everywhere and their fans are confident. So, yeah, uh, that's going to be a good one on Thursday, I think. Um, And I think the best thing that I can do for you Raiders fans – if you want to call us haters is for us to not pick the Raiders because every time I pick the Raiders, they lose at the beginning of the season. We didn't believe in them and they kept winning and winning. So I'm going to take the Cowboys here and I'm going to give up all those points at home, even seven and a half. I don't think that's necessarily a smart bet. uh, And I think your Raiders fans will be happy that I did that.
2: Oh, I'm very, I'm very confident laying seven or I've even seen seven and a half. I, I think you're betting on a low with Dallas that's, you know, everyone saw him against the chiefs and thinks that they're, trouble i think they're perfectly fine
0: how about bears lions your guy tim tom todd boyle (laughs) in there against andy dalton it looks like in this one chicago on the road favored by three points the three and seven bears at the oh nine and one lions three points that's that's not enough right because i i know that i mean andy dalton is probably not uh, I think the upside, obviously, in the future, and you want to play your rookie quarterback, but it's not like Andy Dalton is making the Bears worse, and in a lot of ways in the short term might help them win a game or two that you know a rookie might struggle in or something like that. But, I mean, the Lions? This is, uh, this is not enough points, I think, for the Bears and a, and a familiar foe going in uh, on a short week to play the Lions. And maybe Jared Goff, and to be honest, if it's Jared Goff right. playing, that doesn't help much either.
2: That's not a a massive game changer, but at least he's an NFL quarterback, probably a backup. A couple things. I think there's a chance the Lions win this game. So if you're going to give me three, do I take it? Uh, Probably not when it's all said and done. Because if it's Dalton is an NFL quarterback, and I think the Bears are figuring out a, a little bit. You know, I mean, there's a lot of talk that if the Bears don't win this game, Um, Matt Nagy's going to get released on the long week, you know, going to get handed his walking papers. I could see that being a possibility. Um, my favorite bet, and I've actually put money on it already is the over. I mean, I, I got it at 41 and a half and I know the lions are miserable on offense, but the last two games in Cleveland, in Pittsburgh were unbelievably bad weather. You know, now you're actually in a nice stadium the Swifts and Hawkinsons of the world might be able to get loose a little bit more. Um, I, I think the bears will move the ball. So I think this is a sneaky over. I'm not saying it's going to be 30 to 35, but I will take the bears and really stress the over.
0: I'm going to go under on this one. I think this is going to be uh, even fewer points than we saw with Chiefs Cowboys, and uh, it's going to be you know nine early morning start. I think they're going to both start slow, um, both try to establish the run, do all those things. This is going to be like a, a, a thirteen to nine game. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that goes the uh, the the Bears way. So in that way, maybe. The smart money is on the home dog Lions if it is going to be a close, low scoring slug mm-hmm. it out sort of an affair. But I think in the end, uh, the Bears are going to take this one and Maggie's going to live to fight another day. By the way, did you see the story about, and I heard the chance at, at Matt Nagy's son's high school football team or football I game? I that. He was in the stands and the fans were chanting, fire Nagy. I mean, that's, that's, that's not the right way to go about it. I understand, that's but not, not sure, at his son's yeah. game. I mean, come on.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I heard too many of those kinds of stories behind the scenes where kids can't go to school and things. I mean, get a life, people. I mean, come on. I mean, if you're at the stadium or if you're on Twitter, be bold and say whatever the hell you want. But come on. I mean, have some pride. Um, Last note on this one. This kind of goes back to Nagy getting fired. He's got nothing to lose. And we know the Detroit coaching staff has nothing to lose. Like, I'm expecting – six fake punts and three uh, surprise on sides. And like, let's just try for everything. The whole world's watching. This is our chance to get a win for the Lions. Nagy's probably looking at like, if I'm going down, I'm going down, guns a blazing. That was a big reason I was taking the over too. Just throw caution to the wind.
0: One more Thanksgiving game, and that is the Bills at Saints Thursday night. And we'll hit a couple of your listener questions coming up. Tons of new flavors filtering in at built.com all this month. Every few days, uh, new flavors coming out, some limited time flavors of built bars. So check the website often and don't miss out on built bars. If you haven't tried them by now, you are really missing out. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Most protein bars, chalky, waxy, just plain hard to choke down sometimes. A uh, built bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Not a brown colored, kind of looks, kind of tastes like chocolate. This is 100% real delicious chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. Built Bars are low in carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious with so many flavors. The standard coconut and mint brownie, raspberry, cherry barcia that everyone knows and loves. And even a mystery flavor this month as well at built.com so go over to built.com use promo code lock 15 to get 15% off your order find one of those new flavors and use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com last game the Thursday evening the Buffalo Bills at six and four at the New Orleans Saints at five and five and this is a rough one because there are two teams that I don't know what to expect now week to week from these teams and they're both Probably too good to have their current records. The The quarterback situation, I just, I don't know if there's an answer for the Saints right now. They re up Taysom Hill. Are we going to see more of him this week? Maybe a sneak attack with a Taysom Hill offense, something that the Bills might not be able to fully prepare for. But the Bills on the road favored by six and a half. I, I kind of want to lean to the home dog in this game in the New Orleans Saints. We talked about it earlier about the good coaches are, are going to be there in the end. And Sean Payton is absolutely one of those. But it's not like Sean McDermott is not a good coach on the other side either with the Bills, right? And so I understand why the Bills are favored. But with the just the, the up and down nature of the Bills this year going against a really good coach, I kind of want to go with the, with the home team here on... Thanksgiving evening and those New Orleans Saints, Matt. Am I crazy?
2: You're not crazy because, boy, imagine what that crowd's like. You know, after Thanksgiving part, drinking wine all day with your fam and then you go tailgating (laughs) beer all day. (laughs) Yeah. You know, in the dome, I mean, they're loud anyway. National TV, people probably dress up like turkeys and crap. You know, I mean, like, I think that's a really rough environment where it would be nice to lean on a running game maybe, you know, and control the clock and calm down the environment a little bit. And the bills will not be able to, I mean, they are a bad running team. You mentioned how you don't really know where these two teams are at. And I remember last time I did power rankings two or three weeks ago, something like that. I, I said it in the same, said it the first time that the saints were my hardest team to rank. I just don't know what they are. Now. I think I know what they are. And I think it's a team that just has, No weapons. I mean, there's been a couple of these games like the Titans the other day where you look at the box score and it's like, who are these guys? You know, like no one's fantasy relevant. When Mark Ingram's your most fantasy relevant player on an offense in today's NFL that the Texans didn't want, I just think they have no passing game whatsoever. And I expect Josh Allen and company to put up points. And the Saints D has been on the field a lot lately lately. Operating on a short week, you know. I mean, just getting bullied by the the Eagles last week, so uh, I, I'm going to take the Bills here. I just think they're a much more talented team.
0: Line six and a half right here, and now looking at the latest for the injury report for the Saints, and it is a short week, so that's always tough, and most and teams a lot of times. You know, are without more players than you would expect that they might get back in a long week. And right now it looks like they might be without Alvin Kamara and Ryan Ramchek in yeah. this one. Yeah. Um the other I mean, both offensive tackles, Ramchek and Armstead, they're they're both questionable. Um, I think it's more likely that Armstead plays than Ramcheck, but I mean that's the strength of that team. And if you have no Kamara and your quarterback situation and the receivers are bad. You're right. The more I think about it and hearing you paint that picture and now seeing the injury report, that is scary. No Camara and no offensive tackles. Nothing. You can't bet on that team, right, even though they are at home. So, uh, you know, I guess I will reluctantly take the the Bills here, even though they've been super disappointing for me lately. And I think I feel like it's almost the, the Chargers and the Bills. I almost feel like personally wronged by them because I want to stamp them and, and believe that they're the teams in the one and two in the AFC. And they just have not proven that to me this year.
2: Oh, right. I mean, I keep thinking, oh, the Bills will get over the hump. They'll be fine, but they don't run the ball. And I do think their defense is legit, you know, despite what we saw this past week. And that should keep them, you know, uh, to me, I don't know how the Saints get past 14 points. You know, I mean, like they very well could end up with seven or nine or something like that. And I trust Allen to put up at least 20-ish.
0: Those are the Thursday football games. We will cover and make picks for all of the Sunday games on Friday show no Thursday episode happy Thanksgiving everybody um, we do have a couple minutes here I want to hit a couple of these listener questions here um, and one is about those Saints and this is kind of looking ahead for the Saints this is from Brian he says what do you think about Russell Wilson to New Orleans in 2022 mm. my question would be can they fit him under the cap they got to do something of course
2: a- but only counts for 31 teams in the Saints <laughs>
0: Not and, then, one but, of them. and then you've got to give up like so that's a lot. It's going to t- take money and picks for Russell Wilson. So it's got to be the right scenario. And I could see New Orleans being that team that says, uh, you know what, let's go big. And I guess if you're going to move off Winston, it's got to be for a true upgrade, which Russell Wilson would be right.
2: Oh, without question. And boy, that would be fun Mike, you know, coerce Michael Thomas to come back and, you know, draft another weapon of some sort or receiver, possibly. And maybe he probably wouldn't have any picks. You'd have to give him up. Um, boy, it seems hard to manage. But again, I don't think the cap counts for those guys. I guess I could see it. It would take a lot of maneuvering, though. I mean, joking aside about the cap situation, because they are they got like four cents under the cap.
0: Emilio on Twitter says, "Could you see Urban Meyer quitting at the end of the season?" Oh, absolutely I could. I, I don't first of all, the way they are, they're playing Might right not, now, they're not both. well coached and I'm not sure he's super into it and uh, he's not been long for most of the jobs he's had even in the college level when he was super super successful. So, uh, that wouldn't shock me at all.
2: I mean, quitting is a nice word. Um <laughs> I,
0: mean, I don't it know it how much guaranteed there. there is. Is there offsets and all of those things as far as getting fired? That would be a tough one. They might have to come together and be like, "Look, we don't want you here, and we can tell you don't want to be here. So let's figure out the contract stuff so we don't have to pay you for six years or something crazy like that."
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I could, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna use the word settlement. Or you know, there like you go—a a, a mutual parting of the ways, or you know, some of the the terms people use nowadays for such things. Um, in the end. My answer is no. Do you think he'll be their coach next year?
0: No. Yeah, I I, I don't think, it's, I think it. No, just doesn't yeah. seem like it's going well. But I you can't if you're the Jaguars, you can't keep doing that. So you almost feel like they're maybe double down and say, okay, year two, it'll get better. I would need to see a lot of commitment from Urban Meyer and think and just have a real. It would have to be a, a strong meeting postseason that convinced me he's in it to win it. He's going to be there. They're going to continue to get better and do all the things. And what's the plan? Because otherwise, uh, I just I, it feels very wrong over there right now in Jacksonville.
2: Massively, yeah, and boy, it would break my heart if if Lawrence gets ruined. You know,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's part of it too. And uh, but you almost want continuity. Because you don't want, you know, you see some of these quarterbacks that go through different offensive coordinators, different coaches for the first three, four years of their career because their franchise can't get it right. That's an easy way to ruin them, too. So, uh, you almost want, you want it to work with the guys they're with and build that continuity year after year. So, I guess that is the ideal way is that you do keep Urban Meyer, but... I just it, it doesn't look good right now. I just don't. It, I don't yeah. feel like he, he's in he's in it. And it, the team's not coached well. They were so bad last week, like just shooting themselves in the foot, regardless not of talent and scheme. To him well,
2: yeah, and he's not building the culture that you need, and you know, uh, some of those things are. We have the luxury of sitting on our our couch to say, "Oh, it's all dysfunctional down there." It might not be. You know, you know <laughs> I mean, we're not in the building. I've been in buildings, you know, but it sure doesn't look good from the outside view.
0: We've got some more notes from those games that we'll cover Friday before the week 12 games. Really quick here, Joshua had a question about other coaches firing since we're trying to end people's jobs here uh, on this episode all of a sudden. He said, rank the following coaches in terms of their place on the hot seat. And he has Nagy, Zimmer, Judge, Cooley, and Flores in on there. Well, this was actually before Zimmer went on a little bit of a hot streak. So this was... A week ago, and I would say Zimmer's pretty safe now that they've won some games. I would say Flores is pretty safe if they find a quarterback in the offseason. seems like organizationally they have a plan there, and they're trending at least better this year than Miami Dolphins are. So that comes down to Coley, Nagy, Judge. We just talked about Nagy might not make it through the week, so he's got to be first in the terms of the hot seat, right? So to me, it, it's it's between second and third being Coley and Judge. Do you, do you read it the same way?
2: I do. I think Zim's safe. I think Flores is safe. I absolutely think Flores would get scooped up in 2 seconds if he got let go mm-hmm. and I don't know that Zim would be in, unemployed very long either. Um we didn't mention this but Jason Garrett got fired. Yeah, that, and, that's
0: a sh- that's like a, a flare yeah. over the stadium right there, a little warning shot to judge and he might not last much longer. Coley's in his first year at least and was in a no-win situation, so to me you go Nagy 1, Judge 2, Coley 3, then Zimmer and Flores.
2: Yeah, Zim and Flores, I don't think, belong in the conversation. Nagy and Judge, to me, I don't think will be back and might not make it out of the year. Colley's just a thing because he was a wide receiver coach here in Pittsburgh, and people love him and think he's a wonderful human being. But I don't think anybody wanted the Texans job, and that's why he got it. <laughs>
0: to yeah, be very and, honest with and it. they probably you know? won't want it again next year. But then maybe next year, if they draft a the quarterback and add some talent and maybe have a, a situation that looks up, then maybe the year after, there might it might be a job that people want to take. And then at that point, after two bad years from Coley, that would seem like the most natural progression there.
2: Maybe, maybe, unless there's some great candidate that's from the Houston area and you know, Watson's gone and, Colley was just there as the house cleaner. Yeah, he was the wolf. He cleaned up the mess and, and now give it to a coach that's a little more qualified. You know, because, uh, I mean, he did not have the, a stellar head coach-like resume.
0: Right. No, I totally agree there. All right. Let's get out of here, Matt. Good stuff. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll be back Friday. We'll break down the Thursday games. It'll be a packed show. We'll have to run through the previews and make picks for all of the Sunday week 12 games. Have a great thanksgiving weekend matt and i hope you have fun with your family i'm gonna be traveling around and hope all the listeners out there have a great thanksgiving weekend as well be back friday right here peacock and williamson